now we just lift up our hands and surrender to you, and we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would settle over this place. Lord, I pray for the peace of God that surpasses our understanding, Lord, just to keep each and every person here right now. Lord, we have come to glorify you. We pray, Jesus, that you would open our eyes to see who you are more clearly this morning. In Jesus' name, let's worship together. Come to worship the Lord this morning. You know, the wonderful thing about it is, is he doesn't care how long he got my He doesn't care if I miss a note here or there. Because he's what he's looking at is my heart. God, we come this morning to give you glory, honor, and praise. There is no one like you. And we've come to give you the glory and honor that's due your name. As we focus our hearts upon you, look towards heaven. And thank you, God, because you are good. We bless you, almighty God. We've come in your holy name to meet with you. As you said, Lord, that wherever two or more are gathered, that God, you're in the midst of us through the power of your Holy Spirit. And we've come here, Lord God. I know the words of the song says, I've come to find you. I know some of us have found you. And I just pray that those that are searching, that the Holy Spirit would just move upon their hearts this morning. That they would find how good you are. It says, taste of the Lord. See how good.
for the cross, Lord God. Amazing love beyond comprehension, Lord, that you would lay down your life and shed your blood, Lord, that we might be set free from the powers of darkness, God, because you are worthy of all praise, honor, all heaven. Lord God rejoices and praises you, almighty God. In love that welcomes me, the kindness of mercy.
as they continue to play. Let's stay in this attitude of worship. We have some prayer requests that we need to take before the Lord this morning. We need to stay in an attitude of praise and worship. We need to let the spirit that is moving right now just continue to move in our hearts to draw us closer to him. So as I pray for these needs, just agree with me this morning. While we're in the attitude of praise and worship, let your heart be filled with what God wants to do. Just start praying with these names with me. Lord puts them on your heart. I'm just going to start praying and just join in with me out of your spirit. Pray in the spirit. Father God, we come to you this morning as we worship you. As we're in an attitude of worship, Lord, we come to you. And Lord, we lift Wendy to you today, Lord, who has an abscessed tooth. Lord, we pray that you would just relieve this pain for her this morning, Lord, so she can worship you. Father, we pray for Millie and for Floyd, Lord, that you just touch their bodies, strengthen them, keep them strong, Lord. Father God, they are faithful servants to you, Lord, and they are, they are your children, Father. Lord, we pray for Mary, Evelyn's niece, Lord. Lord, there's the situation, Father God, that you can take care of. Lord, you can intervene into this situation, Lord, and you can bring healing to her, Lord. So we just lift Mary to you this morning. Father, we lift Kenny to you, Lord, who is going to go in for a treatment again, Lord, for cancer, Lord. And we pray that this treatment, Lord, that we pray against the side effects of this treatment for him, Lord God, that when he's done with this treatment, Lord, he won't have the excruciating pain and the side effects that come along with this treatment, Lord. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift Debbie Pena to you today, Lord. She needs a touch from you, Lord. You know that she loves you. She, Father God, her desire is to do your will in her life, Lord. And we pray that you just intervene into this situation, Lord. Lord, we pray for Benjamin Vizina, Lord. Lord, this his stomach, this attack on his stomach and his intestines, Lord. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We stand in the gap for him, Father God, that you'll bring healing to his body. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this young man, that you just bless him and strengthen him. Let him realize that his God is a God that heals, Father, and he will be able to give you praises in his, in his life, Lord. We lift Scott Shoemate to you, Lord, for the recovery of his shoulder surgery, Lord. We pray that every tendon, every muscle, every joint, Lord God, would be put the way you created it to be. Not the way man wants it, but the way that you created it, Lord. So we lift him to you, Lord. We pray for Joni, Lord, that you would just give her give her strength, Lord, as she tends to Scott, Lord, that you would just bless her and strengthen her. Lord, we also lift up Bill Pinio and Robert Radcliffe, Lord. Lord, you know their situation, Father God, and their health. Father God, they're homebound. They can't get out, Lord, but you can go to them. Father, they can cry out to you. They can continue to do your will, Father God, and the things that you have them to do in prayer and in encouragement to those that come in, Lord, that they can see, Father, that even in their situation, they can trust in you. They can trust in you, Father. So we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for these, this body here today, Lord. Every person here, Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would just touch each person here today, Lord. We rebuke sickness in the name of Jesus in this body. 
Father God, we claim healing in this body. We stand on the word of God that we are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. We walk in victory, not in defeat, because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Let's sing Amazing amazing Grace this morning. How many of you are thankful that you're saved? Amen. How many of you are thankful that God has given you the opportunity to praise his name this morning? Amen. Amen. I'm going to give you this back. you're saved today? Are you glad you have Jesus in your heart? Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. How many of you came in this morning just a little bit heavy, but now you just feel all that heaviness just gone? Amen. You enter into worship in the Lord, and God just removes all them worldly cares and thoughts, and all you know is that you're just praising Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Need a hand? <laughs> well, you're getting two. You're getting two. <laughs> we do it nice because we do it twice. <laughs> Amen. Well, hallelujah. Let me put my glasses on, make sure I don't miss something. I want to look edumacated. Do I look edumacated now? Amen. Of course, I, all of you got a bulletin. You can see that uh, Tuesdays, I was here a couple Tuesdays ago, man. There was like 10 women in that Bible study. That was pretty cool. I didn't go in there and bother them because they'd probably ask me questions I couldn't answer. So I stayed out of the room. But uh, women's Bible study at 1 p.m. here at CPNC on Tuesdays. Um, I think they're having a good time. So, uh, and then if you need a Bible or you need some good things to read, if you look out there in the foyer, um, Kitty keeps the book counter, the little bookshelf there, pretty stocked full of really good material and Bibles. So you can see her about that. Pastor C has been preaching on Wednesday nights on revival. And if you can't make it here on Wednesday, you can always watch it on YouTube. So 
if you have access to your phone or whatever, you can go to Central Park Neighborhood Church YouTube channel, and you can find it and pull it up and you can watch it. So um, don't forget that. And then, of course, coming up is Flag Day, June 14th. Pastor and Steve's, um, that, they, you know, they're like, I, I guess after 25 years of marriage, one sits in the front and one sits in the back. But no, <laughs> it's their 25th wedding anniversary on June 14th. So we want to make sure that we, that we honor them in that. And then Father's Day and then the first day of summer. Uh, I think it's the first day is, of summer's the first day, the June 21st of 2023. Because I don't think we're going to see it in 2022. <laughs> so I think we all be praying intercessorily that we can actually see some sunshine. My son was telling me the other day that he read a report that since January 1st to a couple days ago, the state of Washington on the west side had only received five hours of temperatures over 70 degrees. Only five hours. I believe it because my grass on my lot's that tall because I can't mow it because every time I go out there, it's pouring down rain. So uh, we need some sunshine. Amen? Amen. Aren't you glad, though, the sunshine outside is not the sunshine they have in your heart? Right? If you got that spirit in your heart that's full of joy and full of happiness and you get to share that with people, that brings life to them. Amen? So let's remember to continue to share what God has given us and be thankful. Be thankful that God has blessed you. You know, sometimes we look around and we see each other and we think, oh, I'm not very blessed. I don't have this or I don't have that or I don't act like that or I don't sing like that or I don't play like that. You think you're not blessed, but you know what? You are so blessed in the areas that God has strengthened you in that other people can't fulfill those areas. We all have a calling to do God's work. We all have a specific place to do God's work. And when we learn just to get into where God has fit us into the body, guess what happens? You start to flourish, and all of a sudden, everybody looks at you and goes, man, you're talented. We didn't know that was in you. That's why I don't sing on the platform. But uh, I'm not talented in that area. I can't even clap on time. But uh, we do have God's blessings. And so this morning as Pastor Steve comes and breaks the word of life with us, let's just be encouraged to know that God is in control of everything we do if we will yield to him first. Amen? Are we on? We're here. We are. Well, good morning, church. Surprising. And I don't have to take anybody else's glasses. I have two pairs in the back by the soundboard. I've got a pair up here. I am prepared in Jesus' name. No, my wife and I still love each other, but that is quite comical that she's in the back row and I'm on the front row. (laughs) Can I tell you a joke? Why do I, she wonders sometimes, why do you love me? Why do you love me? Well, I was seeing the other day that there's a guy named uh, Elon Musk who's heard of him. He's a similar age to, to my wife and I. I won't say exactly, we know where, but he's, he's close, somewhere in the range. And, uh, you know, he owns you know, Tesla and SpaceX and all that. I'm like, man, I mean, he just owns all that stuff, and I don't care. But I was like, she looks at me, 
and says something to this effect, you know what, he may own SpaceX, but Steve, you are SpaceX. <laughs> Some of you will get it, others will be like, huh? I'll follow it up with this one. It was, it was a few weeks before that where I was talking about how when I was a kid I wanted to be an astronaut. And I uh, thought that would have been really cool to be an astronaut. And she just looked up at me again and said, Steve, I've got news for you. Something to this effect. You made it. You are an astronaut. <clears throat> I love that girl. Some of you get it. Some of you don't. It's probably good if you don't get it. But um, I'm her spacey husband. Mr. SpaceX himself. This morning's message, I realize it is Pentecost Sunday, and, um, but you have to be led by the Spirit. And God's message that I feel like he has for us this morning, it is titled God's Gift of Peace, comes by Holy Spirit through the Word of God. But the blessing of God's gift of peace in your life and my life, I just felt compelled this morning to, to preach a message and to encourage you that God wants to bless you with his peace. It's a peace that surpasses our understanding. It is a peace that does come by the presence of Holy Spirit in your life. I recognize as I try to at different times, there's many different people here, different backgrounds. I'll try to keep everybody awake. Uh, oh, I don't have... Uh, well, I'll save that joke for later. <coughs> Sorry. Can I tell another one? This was a good one. I wish I could get on my phone, but it wouldn't be right. This guy was This guy was telling this joke about this pastor was preaching, and his son was up on the balcony of a church, and he had a pea shooter, <laughs> and he was hitting people in the back of the head with his pea shooter. And just about the time his dad was getting ready to correct him for for doing what he was doing, he's like, "Dad, you keep on preaching, and I'll make sure I keep him awake." <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that one. I'm like, I could totally picture my boy doing that one. I'll try to keep you awake, buddy. I don't have Christopher behind you. You know, if you see somebody sleeping, it's not always because the preacher is bad or boring. Some people could have a medical issue, by the way. And so, anyways, God's gift of peace, it comes by Holy Spirit. Re recognizing there's different uh, people, they, they think of Pentecost, they think of Holy Spirit, and the first thing that comes to my mind is wild and crazy people, weird, strange, rolling on the floor, and they're speaking in tongues and just... A bunch of nonsense, sadly, is how they view that, but that is a very sad perspective of Pentecost and especially an even more sad perspective of the gift of God's Holy Spirit in our life. I would truly be lost and undone, obviously without salvation, but then there is a wonderful gift that God has through the blessing of his Holy Spirit when he comes upon a person's life, not only to take up residence inside, but then also to clothe a person with power with his authority and power to preach and to testify and to be a witness for him. I will share that when I was in high school, before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was literally petrified to speak in front of people. When I had to give a speech in my senior English class, uh, these were students that I had gone to school with, and my armpits were literally drenched and probably dripping with sweat as I'm giving my three-minute speech. My legs were trembling. My voice was trembling because I was so terrified to speak in front of people. God, by his Holy Spirit, he does give a boldness. It doesn't have to mean that you're rude, but he gives a confidence, a peace, and a boldness. And let me share one little tidbit. If you ever have to share in front of people, 
don't think about what you have to share so much as to say, Lord, there are people that need to hear what you want to share through me. They need help. They need encouragement. They need comfort, strength, salvation. Does that make sense? That takes the pressure off of you. Um, Nicole, someday you're going to have to share a little bit about what God's doing in your life. And you may feel like, yeah, I'm dripping. I'm just petrified. I mean, it would be like, ah! But God, by his Holy Spirit, in a very real and gentle way, church, he brings a peace that we so desperately need in our world today. We desperately need the peace of God in this world today. There are occasions to be agitated. There are endless occasions to be angry. There are endless occasions to be uh, grieved over what is happening and just to stir up the pot, so to say. And I believe that God wants his people to experience his peace in the middle of the storm because if we're not partaking of God's peace, if we're not living in God's peace, what do we have to share with others? Jesus said in John chapter 14, if you'll turn there, I'll be in the Gospel of John to begin with. And by the way, on Wednesday nights, uh, yes, I am sharing about revival, but I'm, I'm shifting in a sense of this way, that the focus on Wednesday nights is also deepening your relationship with the Lord, that not only includes your devotional life, but your prayer life. I will say, if you are able to make it, we've had a good handful of people here I think you'll be blessed, and I don't want you to miss out on what God may want to do in your life, because again, I feel compelled with the times that we're living, and these are the end times. Yes, amen. These are the end times, and these are times when like a coach, so to say, a pastor slash, slash coach, that I feel compelled to more than just teaching at the church, so to say, and like me just dispense the sermon and the scriptures, rattle that off. You can have that on YouTube. You can have that on your TV. You discovered that on, on, on the, during the shutdown of everything. Hello? Is that you, Lord? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. But no, let me say this. Because of the shutdown, we can have, you can have endless sermons on YouTube. You really can. What is the purpose of the church, though? It's not just the sermon. We're a family. Amen. We're a body. Yes. To get to know one another, begin to, to share each other's burdens, to begin to pray one for another. Uh, Evelyn shared about her niece, Mary, going in for brain surgery or already had the brain surgery. She's going in for brain surgery. Can I give a Sunday morning illustration just a little bit here? You can't do this on YouTube. And so you find out, whoops, why well, I'm dropping all sorts of stuff. Coming over here, the camera can't see it. So you know what? YouTube can't do this, and TV can't do this, TV preachers. You come over next to somebody in the body of Christ, and you go, you know what, Lord? Jesus, thank you for Evelyn. Lord, I know we already prayed for her, but Lord, we're just giving an illustration here about what's different about being in the family of God. Why would I come on a Wednesday night? Because Lord, I want to deepen my relationship with you. Yes. Lord, it can be scary to pray out loud. This pastor is not going to make you do something you don't want to do. But Lord, I want to begin to grow in my relationship with mm -hmm. you. I want to begin to learn from these other senior saints of God. Lord, right now, we just pray for Mary. Amen. Oh, Lord, yes, we Lord. pray that you would touch her in Jesus. that brain, heal her, yes, go into that hospital room right now. Oh, Jesus, touch Amen. her by the glory of yes, God. Lord. Lord, I share this Amen. burden with Evelyn right now. Lord, she is your precious child. Jesus. And Lord, right now, we pray together. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Amen. intervene in Amen. this situation Hallelujah. right now. 
oh God, we come together as the family of God, Lord. This is a huge burden for many people. Lord, we pray for the family, those involved right now, that you would just bring your peace into that hospital room. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would handpick the medical staff if you choose to use them right now. In Jesus' name, just touch them by the grace and the glory of God. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord, and we praise you. We give you glory and honor, Jesus. On a Wednesday evening, and we can do that on a Sunday morning, I realize, but on a Wednesday night, that's what I'm intending to do, and what we have been doing is just to begin to pray and to practice, I, for lack of a better word, to practice. I'll never forget my dad brought me to a prayer meeting, morning prayer meeting that he went to. I was a teenager, and I was petrified that my dad was going to make me pray out loud in front of everybody. <laughs> and that whole prayer meeting, I wasn't thinking about praying. I wasn't thinking about God. I was thinking, oh, God, I hope he doesn't call on me. And I will tell you, as, as your pastor, so long as God enables me to be here, I hate and I despise pressure, manipulation. I truly do. That's why I'm not going to just, you know, Eric, right? Eric, you're going to do it now. If it's spirit-led, it'll be, there'll be spiritual fruit from it. But I'm not going to come up to you and say, you know, a nice sense, like, no, not yet, no. I want to lead and encourage. And, and then what I find is as you're around other people that are praying and you hear their desires, you hear what God's speaking to them and we share together, we're in God's word, is it begins to do something in you spiritually. There's a dynamic that takes place that can't take place at home on YouTube. I realize we have those on hospice care right now. There is an exception to the rule. My heart goes out to them. But for us, I encourage you. That's my Wednesday night commercial, by the way. I'll get on. Uh, you will learn, you will be blessed, you will be encouraged in Jesus' name. John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode or our dwelling place with him. He that loves me not does not keep my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. The Comforter, God's Holy Spirit, church, he brings things to our remembrance when you need it. Amen. He is such a blessing in your life. Does that mean we don't need to study God's word? No, we need to study God's word. Please say amen. But let me say that the theologians of, of world history, let me say that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they knew God's word better than most in Jesus' day because they constantly were reading it, studying it. But the word without the spirit of God leading you and guiding you, it actually saddenly hardens people if you're in the intellectual only. But when you invite Holy Spirit and say, oh, I want to come like a child, Lord, would you please teach me, lead me, guide me as I read your word and study your word? God's Holy Spirit is so precious in a person's life. He's a comforter. Verse 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I tell you, God's peace, church, the peace that Jesus had in the midst of the storm, the peace that Jesus had as he was getting ready to prepare to lay his life down for us, he wanted to deposit, to give that peace to you and I. Colleen, can you imagine that? 
Do you ever need that? I need it every day. We live in a crazy world. I drive a crazy school bus. I have wonderful children. I need God's peace. I don't know. My kids will be driving. They're not in here, are they? No. I tell my kids, I love my kids. They're awesome kids. But I says, do you want, um, do you want a happy dad or do you want a grumpy dad? Do you want a happy dad and joyful dad? And it's not, when I say grumpy, I want to tell you, you can even ask them. I'm not some grumpy, grouchy guy. But you know what? I can, if they're not going to, we have our moments, don't we? Don't we? But if you have God's peace in your heart, you know what? You can walk into the nitpick and she took this, she hit me, 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 me. And you know what? In your natural strength, you'll pull your hair out. <laughs> this was gone before kids. You'll pull your hair out. But you know what? If you have the God's grace, you can walk into crazy situations. And we don't get it right every time, church. All of us don't but you can walk in by God's grace because you're partaking of the peace of Jesus and say, Lord, I want to go into this situation. It could be very crazy and hostile, whatever. And Lord, I want to bring peace wherever I go in Jesus' name. You have to be a carrier of the peace of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave us that gift and said, do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, there's a lot of crazy news in this world that wants to trouble our hearts right now. I am not suggesting to put our head in the sand, and I say that time and again, but in the midst of the craziness of what our world is going through, to say, Jesus... I want your peace. It's an eternal peace. It's a heavenly peace. It is a living peace. Why do I have peace? It's because I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken unto you so that in me you might have peace. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Take courage, for I have overcome the world. Jesus spoke and he gave us this words that way we could have his peace. He warned us that guys, we're going to have tribulations, we're going to have troubles, we're going to have trials, but he says, be of good cheer, take courage, because Jesus has overcome the world. Moving on now to Romans chapter 5. Well, how can I have this peace? If I'm going to have trouble, I'm going to have tribulations, I'm going to go through difficult times, how can I have God's peace in my life? Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have been justified by faith, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you have confessed your sins, repented, turned your faith to him and said, Jesus, be my Savior, the Bible says that you therefore have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have peace with God, that is all that matters. Let me say this, uh, clarify something some more. To have God's peace and live in God's peace does not mean the absence of hostility or conflict. It is impossible to live in this world and not go through some conflict, disagreements, hostility, difficulties. Does that make sense? We're not living in the real world if we don't. If you have peace with God, that's all that matters. I am thankful if I can have peace with Shannon. I, the Bible says in Romans chapter 14, as much as lies within me, live at peace, have peace with all people, if it's possible. 
But you know what? If Shannon's upset at me, he's not upset as far as I know. But if he's upset at me, I'll do what I can. I'll dialogue, I'll discuss, I'll pray. But you know what? So long as I have peace with the Lord, that's all that matters. Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the fruit of that peace? It goes on to verse 2. It says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I want to go to verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, or just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man... Some would even dare to die, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than now being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall now be saved by his life. Two phrases that stand out here in this passage is verse 8, while we were yet sinners, and verse 10, when we were his enemies, we were reconciled to God. This ought to bring some peace into somebody's life. And here's my concern for the church is we can understand that the sinner can have God's peace when they finally repent, but what we struggle with is what about for the believer who's been walking with God maybe for many years, and they stumble, they fall into sin, they do something horrible or whatever, is God's grace able to reach out to that person? Yeah. You better believe it. Hmm? Any moment. When I was his enemy, when I was without strength, Christ died for me. And if God demonstrated his love for you and I, church, listen, he loves you. How can I have peace? There's so much uh, no peace because we struggle sometimes. God, do you love me? Many people don't even love themselves. And what do I mean by love yourself? I'm not talking about it in an unhealthy way, but where they've come to accept who they are in life. I've told, I was talking on my school bus the other day. I won't go into the whole conversation, but you know what? I'm not the most handsome guy. I've lost my hair. I get pimples still at my age. That's crazy. I thought you outgrew pimples, but you don't. My voice still gets squeaky like a teenager sometimes, and I want to have that deep baritone. Hey, kids, how's it going? But instead of being, hey, how's it going? <coughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> when I was 20 years ago, that would have bothered me, but you know what? Today, I realize by God's grace, Lord, I am who I am by the grace of God. And I don't care if I've lost my hair or losing it. I don't care if my voice is still squeaky. I don't care if I still get pimples. I just don't care anymore. Why? Because the only person that matters in the universe is the Lord. He loves us. I was utterly helpless without him. I was even acting as an enemy of Christ when I was living in sin and rebellion, saying, no, I want to do things my way. And that is when God sent his son Jesus to die for me. He demonstrated his love once and for all. Therefore, I have been justified with Christ. I have peace with God. And if I am living in peace with God, it is much easier than to live at peace with other people. Amen. Amen. Big time. Moving on here. So having peace with the Lord. Well, I want to go to Psalms chapter 130, please. Psalms chapter 130. 
God's gift of peace in our life. God wants you to partake of it. He wants you to experience it. He wants you to live in his peace. He wants you to share his peace with other people that is available through Christ. It is a fruit that comes by his Holy Spirit. We'll get to that here in a short little bit. Psalms chapter 130. Some people fail to experience God's peace because they are constantly falling short. Before I read this, they're constantly falling short of their own expectations, their own hopes. I'm not pretty enough. I'm getting older. If you struggle with getting older and stuff, go to the nursing home. I've visited them a lot. I know where I'm headed if Jesus should tarry. This body's going to get pruned up. It's going to get old, and it's going to get, you know, just old. But some people fail to experience God's peace because they fail to measure up to their expectations that they have for others. And so when other people fail their expectations, they don't have peace. How could that person do that? I can't believe they're doing that. And they're always constantly measuring other people by their standards. That's a horrible way to live. Other people have standards for themselves. When am I ever going to finally be able to be this outgoing person? When am I ever going to measure up? When am I ever going to get over all of my hang-ups? Has anybody heard those voices in their mind before? Uh, let's read Psalms 130. Because that, is, that will rob you of peace when you are constantly holding people hostage to your standards, and you will rob yourself of peace when you are constantly holding yourself to a standard that you cannot attain either. It says, Out of the depths have I cried, verse 1, unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. I waited for the Lord. My soul does wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. I say more than those who watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. When you hold other people hostage to your standards, you're going to miss out on a whole lot of good friendships. When you hold yourself hostage to standards that you can never keep yourself, and you don't come to that place of accepting God, you have made me fearfully and wonderfully. I'm not the sharpest tool in the toolbox, and Lord, that is okay. Amen. Amen. Lord, I'm not going to hold myself hostage to my expectations and hope, if only, if only, if only. Lord, if you should mark iniquities, who shall stand? Lord, I can never measure up to other people's standards, nor can I measure up to my own standards, and I certainly could not measure up to the standard of the glory of God. Why? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Lord, if you should mark iniquities, if you should nitpick my life, you messed it up there, Steve. You blew it there, Steve. Oh, you blew it there, Steve. You're really missing the mark, Steve. Oh, Lord, if you should mark iniquities, who of us could stand? But there is forgiveness. Where does peace come from, church? It comes from a recognition, a receptivity of God's grace and his forgiveness in your life that then enables you to extend that to other people. And the result of that is it brings peace in your mind, in your heart, in your relationship with the Lord, and in your relationship with other people. Amen. Amen. It's freeing. It's rejoicing to realize hallelujah. 
I'm not sure if I'm making myself clear enough because, church, this ought to bring incredible peace in your heart when you realize, Lord, it's, I, want, I don't want to be misunderstood. It's not that I don't have standards. It's not that I don't want to grow to become more like the Lord. It's just that I have been released from the tyranny of those standards that constantly beating me down. You messed up here. You blew it here. You didn't read your Bible yesterday. You didn't. You only prayed two minutes yesterday. Did you see your attitude over there? Uh, anybody hear that voice sometime? I have those thoughts that go through your mind. Lord, I thank you that there is forgiveness with you. And Lord, just as this dad doesn't nitpick, nitpick, nitpick his children, I am so glad, Lord, that you don't nitpick the children of God. That you see us in your great love, and Lord, you have that eternal plan and that eternal purpose for us, that you are molding us and fashioning us and shaping us into the image of Christ. And Lord, that job will not be complete until we finally see Jesus face to face. Now behold, what great man of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Hallelujah! I want to read that. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, get these glasses. Are they on upside down? No. And it has not yet appeared what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall see him as he is. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Other newer translations, actually, I feel like have it more right. They says, and such we are. You, if you're born again, if you have given your heart to Jesus, you're not waiting to become a child of God. You are his child. Yeah. I'm glad you said amen, Nicole. That was an amen of affirmation. That was an amen of faith. That was an amen of yes. Thank you, Lord. And I am your child. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, the world doesn't know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, children of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. I want to linger on verse 2 a little bit. It does not yet appear what we shall be. Getting back to standards that we hold for other people or standards that we hold on ourselves. We hold other people captive, and sometimes we hold other people hostage or self-hostage as well to that standard of perfection, of growth, so to say. It does not yet appear what we shall be. We have not yet reached full maturity and perfection. Please say amen. <laughs> but sometimes we treat ourselves as if we should have reached that already or other people. Beloved, when he appears, then we shall be like him finally. Here's an old Sandy Patty song, and I don't want to be redundant, but there's an old song that I do love, We Shall Be Holden by Sandy Patty. It is an awesome song because it captures the heart and the majesty of, you know what, when that sky finally splits open and we see Jesus, church, every care, every anxiety, every frustration, every uh, thing that we hold ourselves captive with, with our own things in our mind that we limit what God wants to do through us, those things are going to come falling off with just one look at Jesus' face. God does not want us to limit each other by what God can do through you with your past, your present, amen, 
He's like, no, Lord, I'm, if we're his servants, we're his servants, and he wants us to experience that peace that he has for us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, reminds us that he is our peace. Jesus is our peace. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says that the fruit of the Spirit, it comes by God's Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there, are, there is no law. One more time. The fruit of God's Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. There are some things in our life that will steal peace from our life. Number one, what takes peace from our life? Obviously, it goes without a doubt, sin. If you are in willful, stubborn sin, of course, sin steals peace from any of us. How do you resolve that? You repent. Amen. You turn away from that thing and say, Lord, I give this sin to you. I let it go. Jesus, I don't want to hold on to that anymore. What else steals peace and takes the peace from our heart? I'll say this, wrong priorities in our life. I'm having to reprioritize my life constantly because I realize if my priorities are wrong, my peace leaves. If priorities, I'll just use an illustration, if priority is a hobby or a sport, or if a priority is news, if a priority is gossip, if a priority is relationships and getting involved in you know, other people's strife and debate, if that's my priority, it's going to steal God's peace from my life. Other things that steal peace is people-pleasing. If you get caught up in trying to please people, you'll never please people. How about spiritual clutter, physical clutter? I, I don't know that I'll ever get the job done on physical clutter. <laughs> but my wife would testify that she has much greater love and peace in her heart when the house is not cluttered. Our kids are wonderful, as all of your grandkids are that they can get the toy box out and you can have the living room clean and it takes a whole 30 seconds to undo what took mom to do in 10 minutes. Any grandmas out there say amen? amen? I've noticed it. A clean kitchen, a clean living room, a clean house. This sounds silly, but it brings peace. You walk into a mess and I, I'm not the one to talk. Just go in my garage. It's still a mess. I have no peace in my garage. That's why I don't spend much time in my garage. But we'll get off of physical clutter and let's go to spiritual clutter for a moment. Because spiritual clutter will rob God's peace from your life as well. What is spiritual clutter? Anger, bitterness, resentment, old wounds, offenses, hurts, disappointments, loss, things that we hold on to, the brokenness of the past. If we hold on to that stuff, that can become spiritual clutter that just as if you were to walk into Steve's messy garage, it will rob you of God's peace. It doesn't mean it's not still available and God could still give it to you. But when we begin to deal with a spiritual clutter, why am I angry? Why am I hostile? Why is it when I see that person, old bad feelings just constantly are stirred up? Why do I have these buttons that keep getting pushed like that? Spiritual clutter in our life the only way to, re, to have God's peace more is to deal with it. To say, Lord, I've got to get rid of that spiritual clutter in my life because, Lord, if I am allowing 
old things from the past to constantly tear me down and to tear others down, it robs us of peace. So how do we resolve and how do we receive God's peace? Well, sometimes we have to make changes. We've got to set boundaries. I'm going to wrap this up with saying uh, driving a school bus is a great illustration of life because there are good days. My favorite time to drive a bus is when it's the wrestling team in the mornings because they're all starving and tired. (laughs) They haven't been eaten, and they're tired, and they just want to get to the wrestling match. It is the most peaceful bus that you could ever drive. It's wonderful. My least favorite bus to drive is usually when it's bright, sunshiny weather coming, and it's a Friday afternoon about a week or two before school gets out because suddenly the kids realize, you know what? What are they going to do? I don't have to behave. School's almost out. <laughs> and they're amped up and everything. And what I've learned on the school bus, and I'm st- I don't get it right, church. I, uh, we still have a, cra- I have a crazy bus from time, many times. But I learned that, you know what, to bring peace to a bus is similar to saying, Lord, would you help me bring peace in my life? Sometimes you have to set order, boundaries, rules, guidelines. You have to make tough decisions. Sometimes he might be the bad guy. But you know what? If it brings peace, so be it. Why? Because God's peace is absolutely priceless. Jesus wants you to have his peace this morning, church. If you're in here this morning, and you're here, I realize on this uh, Sunday afternoon almost, but if you have been walking apart from Christ, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. He may not love what you have been doing, but he loves you. And his desire is that you would just come to him, call out to the name of the Lord, that you would be that sheep of his to say, oh, Lord, rescue me. Lord, I've been off wandering in other fields that I ought not to be wandering. If you will simply turn your heart back to Jesus, I want to let you know, Jesus said these words, John chapter 6, the one who comes to me, I will never turn him away. You may feel ashamed. You may feel like, no, I've, just, I've been away from the Lord too long. I want to let you know Jesus wants you this morning. He loves you this morning. And just like the prodigal's father, that when that son came home and he saw him a long way off in the distance, the father is waiting for you. Not to scold, not to berate, not to beat you over the head and say, I can't believe you did that. You squandered everything and all this stuff. And you know what? I don't even want to see your face anymore. Was that the prodigal son's father? And that's not what Jesus is like for you either. For the saints of God, those who have been doing their best, they're walking with the Lord. God wants you to experience his peace even greater now. In this troubled world that we go through, Jesus wants to deposit, and he just wants his peace to increase in your heart so that just like Jesus sleeping in the boat in the middle of the storm, that it's not a peace that removes the presence of the storms and the strife and the turmoil all around you. It is a peace that you live in and experience so that way you can walk into that situation and say, thank you, Lord. For the peace of God that surpasses my understanding. It is a gift that comes through the word of God, but it is nurtured by God's Holy Spirit in our life. Let's stand together, please. Jesus, I thank you for these precious saints of God. Lord, I thank you so much that you have given us something that is so much more valuable than anything this world has to offer. There is no money that can buy it. 
Lord, it was purchased at the price of your shed blood for our salvation. Lord, I pray for every family, every home, every widow, widow, widower, every individual. Lord, that you would allow us, Lord, to walk in and experience your peace as never before. Lord, not only for our own self and our home and our family, but Lord, that we could share the peace of God with those around us. Lord, when we come into conflict or tumultuous situations, Lord, when the world around us and others are deeply agitated or angry, God, I pray that you would give us grace to bring peace in the middle of those areas in Jesus' name. If you need salvation or if you need to come to Jesus, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I want to ask you to come forward at the end of service, and I want to pray with you. Pray that salvation prayer and for God's peace to be restored to your life. If you need prayer for anything individually, it doesn't have to be like, man, I'm in center. You could be, I just need healing. I need encouragement. I need someone to come alongside of me. I'm going to remain up here for a time. We have others who would love to pray with you as well. And we just want to bless you in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you so much for the living word of God. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And Lord, I ask that you would just cause your peace to rest upon each and every one of us. And may we walk in that peace this week in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, saints of God. Have a good afternoon. We will hope to see you Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. for those who are able to make it on Wednesday.